You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. You win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him off, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for a touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. Get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk. Shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's yeah. 372 Y6. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, what's up? Rolling off and running with you. Here on Monday in the, what is it, the second week or the third week? We're starting the third week of July. Holy mackerel. Back from vacation. The beach is a long way from me, and I'm a long way from it. And I am squarely parked on Radio Row in the Winfrey Hotel, Hoover, Alabama, right next to the Galleria Mall. I'm on Radio Row. Y'all could probably hear it. Let me turn it up for you. Listen to this. Listen to all that commotion. I'm about to walk up and down here and tell people, shut up, trying to do a radio show. (laughs) But they are, too. I don't know how many radio stations you have here, but it's a bunch of them. The Farm Bureau Studio has traveled a lot of miles with me over the last week or so. And here we are, live at SEC Media Days on this Monday, Hoover, Alabama. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau Studio. I can prove it. Got a Farm Bureau. (laughs) Come on with it, Roger. I don't know what day. Alabama comes around here, but they'll be here. Um, it ain't today. Or let me let me say. I'm sorry. Two points of order. First of all, let me say hello to Roger. Roger, how are hey. you, man? Man, good to be back on. It feels kind of weird. Lord, I missed you. I missed yeah. you, Roger. I really. They're doing it all by yourself every morning. Mm-hmm. This is so much better. I, I you don't know how much good it does me to hear your voice, Roger. Really. Well, I'm going to catch up with our listeners. <laughs> By the way, yet more food that does not include us brought to the station today. Yeah, they brought some wedding cake in there. What yeah, like know? some of a cake boss, man. It was like two or three letters tall and had a big box and all. Roger, I challenge you to take it out in the parking lot and hit it with a baseball bat have somebody film it in slow motion. I challenge Although, you. The Brooks is absconded. Okay. All right. So he's gone. Well, um, so number one, it's good to hear your voice. The other thing is I vow not to say ain't anymore on the radio. My wife is anymore. See, I don't I know that it's not proper and I only use it when I'm kind of playing around, kidding around. And colloquial. Yeah, it's colloquial and it comes over on the radio. And so and my wife tells me, stop saying ain't on the radio. So I ain't going to say ain't anymore. (laughs) No more. I ain't saying it. No more, Roger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right, uh, here in the Farm Bureau studio, and all my coverage, all my coverage this week live here on the show is going to be presented by, and is presented by, High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany. Roger, that ain't far from, there I go again, that's not far from your old <laughs> original stomping grounds, is it, New Albany? No, I actually went to school there one year. It's a great school, great folks up there. At New Albany is a I great I had no idea town. they had a, a coffee Yes, yes. It's called High Point Roasters. It's on Highway 15 uh, in New Albany, uh, other side of New Albany, I guess so, kind of north of there. And Dan Skinner, Dan the Coffee Man, y'all can follow him on Twitter, 
is a great contact. He runs that business. He's got a great story. And, yeah, High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany, they provide, and well, I say provide, I buy it. They've given me some and given me some to give away uh, there. I get all my coffee from them. I grind my coffee in a grinder, put it in a French press every morning. That's what I had this morning before I drove over to Hoover. Uh, but they have highpointroasters.com. And so wherever you are, you can just get on there and order it. And uh, it is, the, let me just tell you all, listen, it's the real deal. Okay. So you this carry is, your coffee with you and your French press? I regret to say yes, I do. Well, that's all right. I, I do a guy that carried his own silverware everywhere. <laughs> that's a little much. You're eccentric, that's all. <laughs> I bring my own, and it's because I always – sometimes I get the one-pound bags. That's what I use at home is the one-pound bags, the coffee beans, and I grind them at home that I get from High Point Roasters. But when I go on a trip like this, I have little small, you know, two-serving bags, uh, sample bags and stuff like that, and, and I'll take those with me. Uh, but anyway, High Point Roasters, New Albany. Y'all check them out, highpointroasters.com. Great Mississippi company, Mississippi folks, and the highest quality coffee that you can get anywhere around here. They are Mississippi's oldest coffee roaster, highpointroasters.com. You don't uh, leave home without it. Don't leave home without it. That's right. So home for this week, if you're just tuning in, as you hear the noise, I'm parked on Radio Row here at uh, the Winfrey Hotel. It's the... Winf- it's like the Hyatt Regency at the Winfrey and all these kind of you know weird uh, conglomerations of the name. Uh, but that's what it is, and that's where we are. And Radio Row is on the first floor. So, Roger, and for anyone listening, if you're not familiar with how this happens, once a week every year in July, uh, the people from the SEC bring representatives of every football team here. They bring them all here. It'll be a head coach and three players from each team, okay? And so we're going to get them all over the course of four days. Today, to start us off, they kind of draw the names out of a hat. Today it is Missouri. Is this right? Yeah, Missouri, Florida, LSU, and I thought Georgia was here today, but maybe I'm wrong. So maybe it's just those three today. Is it just three? Because if I'm looking at this right, yeah, it's just three. So it's Missouri, Florida, and LSU. Yeah, the reason there's only three teams today is because Greg Sankey, the commissioner, also spoke. And I'm about to let you hear some stuff that he just said uh, about officiating. You're going to find that interesting. Listen to me. If you're a football fan of the SEC, Greg Sankey went on and on about changes to the structure in football officiating, referees, stuff that you need to hear it. That's coming up. Uh, but, yeah, so three teams today. you have some more. Tomorrow here at uh, the Winfrey and Hoover, you'll have Ole Miss joined by several other teams. Wednesday you'll have Mississippi State joined by some others, and that's where we are. Coming up in this show in a matter of minutes, where's my notes, uh, Kevin Weiberg who is going to get up there and speak at the podium in just a little bit up in the big room. He's here representing uh, this uh, celebration of 150 years of college football. I honestly don't know a whole lot about, you know, why it's such a big deal that we're celebrating 150 years, you know, um, why he's associated with it. I don't know, but Kevin's going to join us in a little bit. I'm just going to ask all those questions. I do know that later this afternoon, 
after he interviews here with us on Radio Row, he's got to go upstairs and stand at the same podium in that huge room with the bright lights hitting him that Greg Sankey and all these coaches have to stand up there and talk. I wonder if he's a little nervous. But Kevin Weiberg's coming along. Uh, Brett Hudson, who's a part of my team here on the at the media company, uh, Brett Hudson is here. He's upstairs. Uh, he just got through asking Greg Sankey some questions. And so we're going to talk with Brett. He'll just kind of come downstairs and talk with us on Radio Row and then head back up. On that note, again, the setup here, on the second floor, you have a huge room for all media, big lights. That's where the SEC Network setup is and kind of the main interview room. Then you have several small break-off interview rooms, some from print and some for Internet and that kind of thing. And then the first floor here, like if you were to come to the hotel, walk in the lobby, you're going to walk right past uh, reception and concierge and right into the hallway that leads from the hotel to the mall, and that's where all the radio uh, folks are set up. Big sign that says Radio Row uh, and that kind of thing. I want to do something here real quick before I play these comments from Greg Sankey. I believe I have, have uh, time for this. Uh, right now, Barry Odom, the head coach at Missouri, is upstairs. They were 8-5 and five last year. I'm going to tune in. This is live here in Hoover right now. Barry Odom, head coach Missouri, at the podium upstairs. Let's listen to a minute like or two. This. I always want to thank the media as well. I think there are uh, a number of ways that you look at the platform that you guys help our student-athletes and provide them opportunities to tell their story. You look at the competition side and the sport of football for us for three and a half hours on a Saturday. There's so much more to being a student-athlete, and you guys have done such a terrific job on covering our league on making sure that the stories are told, and, and I commend you for that, and I, and I hope that you keep it up because it's ways that changes our kids' lives, and a lot of times you are the story that gets that out there, and I appreciate that. A little bit of Barry Odom. He's up there talking right now. We just tuned in live. Got a feed that I could punch it in there for you and hear what he was saying. Um, a little bit later, Dan Mullen is going to be up there talking. We may hear some of that just depending on what time he goes if not, I promise you if there's anything notable, I'll bring that to you. Right now, I want you to hear this. This is Greg Sankey, commissioner of the SEC, upstairs about 10 minutes ago. He was giving his kind of big opening speech sort of thing, and he talked for a good 10 minutes defending the officials, the SEC football officials, the program, Steve Shaw, and then also talking about changes coming up this year, listen in, Greg Sankey talking about referees. As it relates to change in attention, the sports officiating environment may be at the top of that list. We know there's an ongoing need for self-examination, and so last September in the SEC office, we began an intentional effort to look closely at how we best support our officiating programs, particularly in the sport of football. I shared at our spring meetings we had spent much of the spring working with Deloitte Consulting's advisory practice when they were engaged in conducting an external review of our football officiating program. This was not triggered by a game or a play or a series of issues. What I told our coaches in February is, just like them, I never want us to be complacent. But I'm interested continually in how we improve. So we asked Deloitte as part of their external review to conduct three specific tasks. One, to conduct interview stakeholders, uh, stakeholder interviews, strike that, reverse it, for those of you who are Willy Wonka fans. Stakeholder interviews, 
can conduct stakeholder interviews. They did so with our 14 head football coaches, our 14 athletics directors, a group of football officials, and a group of former student athlete, athletes and former SEC head football coaches. The second thing we asked was for them to perform data analytics using game reports and our officiating performance reviews. And the third part was to compare our policies against those of other sporting entities, both domestic and international. Here's what we've learned so far. When our policies and procedures were compared with others, we compared favorably. You'll hear in a moment about some adjustments we learned may be helpful. The feedback from those interviewed indicates SEC officials are perceived to better manage the game when compared to their peers. Third, our coaches, athletics directors, and our officials express trust and confidence that the leadership of the SEC office is committed to supporting the highest quality officiating program. Next, there's an open line of communication between the SEC's coordinator of football officials, Steve Shaw, and our head coaches, something for which our head coaches are appreciative and they respect Steve's responsiveness. Steve's approach and his scheduling of his schedule of providing weekly officiating evaluation feedback is helpful to and trusted by our head football coaches. The collaborative replay process speeds up decision-making and produces more correct outcomes in which our membership has expressed confidence. In fact, our replay process operates on each play 10 seconds faster than the national average and produces more correct outcomes than the old in-stadium process. And let me break in right here, Matt Wyatt, on Radio Row, live in Hoover at SEC Media Days. Today is day number one. Three teams are here, LSU, Florida, and Missouri. This is a little bit of Craig Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC. He was talking about officials earlier. I uh, wanted to break in and let you know if you're tuning in here, uh, a piece of news that Greg Sankey put out there a minute ago. SEC Media Days next week is returning uh, – next year, excuse me, is returning to Atlanta – it went to Atlanta last year, back to Hoover this year. Next year, 2020, it'll go back to Atlanta. That news coming out just a little bit ago. And uh, there's more comments as well from Greg Sankey. In on that interview is Brett Hudson. He's upstairs. He's coming down just a bit and will join us here on Radio Row. Here's more of Greg Sankey, though, talking about going forward in the SEC. They're going to make a few changes, tweaks to uh, what they've been doing with SEC officials and you know, coming out of having looked at uh, this audit that they just completed within their officiating program. We also learned something interesting, and that is both our head coaches and our officials want to improve their working relationship. As a result of the feedback, one of the first adjustments we made was to invite a group of referees, our white hats, to Destin to spend time in a a facilitated conversation with our head football coaches to hear each side's view of challenges and the realities before, during, and after football games. We will do the same thing in a different format with, that, with those groups next spring. We are adding to our collaborative replay process a sideline monitor that will allow the on-field football officials to view the play and communicate with the in-stadium replay booth and the replay officials in the conference's video center. One of the benefits, in additional to the extra voice in the process, will be the ability to better explain replay decisions from the official to our head coaches on the field. In August, our officiating crews will will travel across the conference for a two-day camp 
during preseason practice involving each of our teams. We're obviously sending different officiating groups to different campuses. During those two days, they'll participate in position meetings, engage in on-field practices, discuss rules and techniques with coaches and student-athletes to improve the understanding of football rules and officiating mechanics and foster that communication. We've also added to the number of outside officiating evaluators. During the year, behind the scenes, 20,000 football plays, every play of the season, are reviewed by film graders. There are 20, some of whom are specialists at each position filled by an official. Those inform our grading system. Each of those evaluators have officiated at the highest level of college football, and many have NFL officiating experience, including playoff experience. Let me break in here. Uh, If you're tuning in, you can text the show. We are live today. Uh, here on The Zone, uh, you'll hear it later tonight on WBLE Batesville and WVBG Vicksburg. Here today live uh, from Hoover at SEC Media Days, day one. I'm Matt Wyatt in the Farm Bureau studio connected via C Spire. You can text the show at 885-ESPN, and you can call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson at 995-1059. That's the number. Got the phone lines working, so give me a shout, 995-1059. A little more from Greg Sankey. Listen to this. Officials are trying to get better officiating. For years, the Southeastern Conference has maintained a clear policy governing potential conflicts of interest involving game officials. We are finalizing updates to this policy, which will be made available and communicated publicly in August. We also learned how much data is compiled around officiating. Because of that, we've also learned we need to do more in the area of analysis, particularly, if you will, segmented analysis, and not just in football officiating. And we'll be adding to our staff and using outside resources for what is commonly known as the analytics area. In the area of communicating with and through the media, there is a new reality put upon us. And that is we have officiating experts who now have been invited into the broadcast broadcast booth to share their opinions. During game broadcast, commentary will from time to time focus extensively on officiating decisions and communicate opinions, whether those opinions are right or wrong. And social media provides a platform for often ill-informed judgments around officiating. All right, I'm going to pause it right there. Hey, Roger, I don't know how much of that uh, bored you to tears. Hopefully it didn't. I thought it was significant, and I'm just Uh, I thought I'd bounce it off you, how it strikes you. So the commissioner of the SEC is saying that, along with all this other stuff, they did this audit. And he's saying that a lot of it came back, that the schools trust our officials and they trust our coordinator of officials and all that kind of stuff. And then said that all the white hat officials, meaning the umpires who are in charge of every officiating crew, went to Destin and met with the football coaches there. They're adding a sideline monitor for the uh, on-site officials to be involved in replays. And then he went on to say that they've created a website, secsports.com slash officiating, that anybody can go to and get information and all that kind of stuff. How does all this talk about referees, frankly, to start media days, how does that strike you? Well, it seems like they think they have a problem with uh, public perception a little bit. I think I mean, you nailed if it. If they admit a little bit, that means they got a lot. I think you nailed it, Roger. It, it, what I see 
is a big, huge organization. And, Roger, look, you remember, don't you, last year me throwing a fit and telling you what all went on with that call that was made in the Alabama versus State game. Remember, and we talked about it on this show and all that kind of stuff, and I'm sure we weren't the only ones who had a problem with a call throughout the year. It wasn't just that, though. The NFL had its share as yes. well. So, so that probably all just added to the fire. Probably so, but, you know, again, I just think you nailed it when I asked you just then. It's pretty clear to me that at some point during last season or after, they realized whether they felt like they had an officiating problem or not, they did recognize they have a perception issue in regards to officiating. And what I would like to say is two things. Number one, I was impressed with Commissioner Sankey this morning talking about the things they did. They did an audit. They're creating a website to put everything on there so people can go find information about how they choose officials, the recruiting process. They're making Greg, uh, I'm sorry, Steve Shaw, the director of officials, available two different times here at Media Days to the media. The second one that's going to happen like Wednesday or Thursday, he's going to let the media people make the call. They're going to practice all that kind of stuff. You know, the things, same things they do. But the other point I want to make is I nor anyone else really has a problem with a lot of that stuff, you know, the, the replay and the, the function of it. What a lot of people have a problem with is the fact that, for instance, like it, it's the, uh, the origination of how they're coming up with officials. I mean, we have so many officials in this conference who are from the state of Alabama who live in the state of Alabama. That's one huge issue that I see. And, Roger, with all the noise that's going on in here, you may just even have to tell me when the music starts because I'm having a hard time. Back on the show. Live on Radio Row in Hoover, Alabama, it's SEC Media Days. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. The Farm Bureau studio has put in some miles the last two weeks. We were on the Alabama coast last week, toes in the sand, live on the radio. And today it's on Radio Row. It's this long hallway inside of the Winfrey Hotel. It used to be the Winfrey. It's now the Hyatt, but it's sort of the Hyatt Winfrey, whatever you want to call it. It's a long hallway leading from the lobby into the mall, the Galleria. That's on the first floor. That's Radio Row. And there's radio stations here from all over the southeast, including us. And then on the second floor, media, writers, TV, the SEC Network, all that stuff, interviewing folks about the Southeastern Conference. And you don't talk about the SEC um, without uh, noting the fact that it is uh, the 150th year of college football. And here to talk about that. He's actually got much bigger responsibilities later in the day than on Radio Row. Kevin Weiberg with uh, the folks that are celebrating 150 years of college football. Now on your radio right here on the show. Kevin, I appreciate you sitting down. How are you? Yeah, thanks. It's great to be with you. So you're going to hit the big podium later. Uh, Greg Sankey warmed it up for you. He did a pretty good job. He sure did. It was great to have Greg mention the anniversary celebration and what the SEC specifically is doing. and. It's exactly what we're encouraging conferences and universities to do to help us uh, promote this anniversary. So um, for you, Kevin, your role in celebrating it, how how are you coming to this? So the conferences and the NCAA kind of came together a couple of years ago and and knew the anniversary was coming up in 19 and and decided that 
we needed an entity to help manage it. And I was I had kind of moved off into a semi-retirement mode after working around the conferences for nearly 40 years and uh, reached out to me. And we uh, got some office space in the National Football Foundation offices in Dallas. And we put a small team together to work on this. And we've been at it now for really almost two years and anxious to roll it out. Uh, the funding came from the NCAA and the college football playoff. Okay. And so what will we see? Like a fan who's listening, uh, they're a fan of Ole Miss or Mississippi State. What are they going to see this year? Well, they're going to see a variety of things. Um, probably the, the most prominent thing will be the 150 logo itself. We have a unique uh, college football 150 logo, and it will actually be included on many of the team uniforms during the 2019 season. Uh, I think all of the SEC teams are planning to wear it. Um, so it's a voluntary program, but we've had great support around the country for it. Um, we've also partnered up with uh, media companies who are doing a lot on the television side to promote the anniversary. ESPN has announced some extensive um, programming that they'll begin to roll out here in mid-August all the way through to the national championship game. Sort of focusing on the history and tradition, but also the uh, the developments of the sport over its many years, and I'm sure that will include some of the controversial pieces as well. Sure, um, Great history there to tell, and ESPN's a terrific partner in college football. Um, we've also built out assets promotionally for the schools so they can customize some of the things we've developed with their own marks, their own colors, and we were encouraging people to tell their own stories about why the why the game is so important. Yeah, Kevin Weiberg on your radio right now here live in Hoover at SEC Media Days. You know, um, I'm a child of the 80s, played college football in the 90s. And, and so for me, when I think, you know, the way, way back in the 1950s or 1960s, you know. <laughs> right. And, and I used to hear stories of people would say, uh, you know, an old guy would say, I used to fold my helmet up, put it in my pocket <laughs> and take it home with me, you know. But I never really, I think a lot of us, and, and especially, you know, today's folks and college age kids and millennials, uh, we don't spend a lot of time thinking about the origins right. of the sport. And there's a lot there to learn and to discover about where all this started. That's exactly right. You know, it started uh, on the Rutgers campus. Princeton and Rutgers came together, students, mm -hmm. for uh, a game that didn't really resemble modern football. It was much more like a rugby match uh, with the only way I think you could score would be a kicking. Mm. And that uh, stayed uh, sort of part of the early game up into the 1900s when running became a much more prominent feature and, and there were some safety concerns. And uh, out of those safety concerns over a few more decades sort of developed the forward pass and the spreading out of the field and the use of four downs and right. things of that kind. So there is fascinating history about the sport. The College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta has done a nice job of developing an exhibit if anybody's down that way and has time to go through it, it's really a terrific exhibit that sort of looks at the sport by the decades mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, has some great artifacts and things of that kind. Sure. SEC Media Days uh, in Atlanta last year, and then they just announced this morning, it's next year headed back to Atlanta. It's a really cool place um, to be and to see all that. Um, as far as if people want to engage whether it's going to a website or on social media, sure. what do our listeners look for? So there's a number of avenues. Obviously, the schools are going to be doing a lot to promote. So following your favorite team is one good way to plug into CFB 150. We do have a website. It's uh, cfb150.org, cfb150.org. Um, also on Twitter, at CFB 150. And we're on Instagram and Facebook as well. 
Um, and we are, what we're doing with our social media sites is we're kind of trying to aggregate those things that um, other schools and conferences are doing to promote the anniversary. So you see a lot of unique anniversary content there. Sure. Kevin, really appreciate you stopping by. I know y'all have got other interviews to do. And we'll be, uh, I won't be up there, but I'll be watching on the computer live when you make the appearance later today right. well, upstairs. Thank, thank you so much. Thanks very much. That's uh, Kevin Weiberg with 150 Years of College Football. Kind enough to stop by and give us a little bit of time. Thank you all so much. Have a great day. Um, so, on that note, uh, they handed out a flyer. Kevin touched on a little bit of this. Um, you're going to hear and probably see some of these things popping up on Twitter. But like he said, too, if you're a fan of State or Ole Miss, most likely you're going to see that 150-year patch on the uniform of your favorite team this year. Um, if you go to that website, cfb150.org, cfb150.org, you're going to be able to find a lot of that historical information. So if you're a diehard fan and you've never read about the origins of college football, what it was like when Rutgers and Princeton started this great sport 150 years ago, you can read a little bit about that. Hey, Roger, um, I don't know if you've ever heard this, I listened to a podcast recently that told some of these stories. But apparently, you know, back in the early 1900s, when, you, when Ted, Teddy Roosevelt was president, they were having an oh, issue. Yeah. You remember this? They were having yeah, an issue with players dying in the sport of college football. And Teddy Roosevelt, among others, was about to get ready to eliminate the sport altogether if they didn't figure something out. I don't know if you, you know, remember that. Yeah, do. An important part of that story is that this was happening – in the Ivy League school. So these were, I mean, you know, every life is important, but these were the, the, the children of important, wealthy people. So it was, uh, you know, it was a big stink. Big stink. Yeah. And so rules changed within the game, uh, how they played it, uh, how they coached it. Equipment all of a sudden became this real uh, point of emphasis. And everything I just said, Roger, sounds like, 2018 doesn't it think about everything i just said yeah it really does we've revisited it and yeah history but the people re- who have arrived here at 2018 aren't as tough as <laughs> they were back in the 1900s i don't yeah. think well you know history repeating itself i mean again think about that R- major rules changes from a safety perspective changing the way certain techniques were coached and a real emphasis on improving equipment it all happened before it just at a different level, and now it's happening again. Uh, I thought that was uh, really interesting. Hey, Matt, one thing just on that early equipment testing, if you will uh, Google early football helmet testing, you'll get you a chuckle out of some of those photos. Okay, say it again, early equipment testing. Early football helmet testing. <laughs> okay. The first picture you'll see is a guy running headfirst into a barn. <laughs> into a barn, not a building. <laughs> Well, the helmet. I mean, the barn. It's obviously even. a barn, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Brett Hudson will come downstairs and join us next. He's been up there talking to Greg Sankey here at SEC Media Days, live in Hoover in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stick around.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. All right, here we go. Rolling along, SEC Media Days, day one, live in Hoover, Alabama. That's right, the great state of Alabama, hosting SEC Media Days in 2019. Not going to be hosting it in 2020. It'll be headed back to the great state of Georgia, where it went last year. So we found out that earlier this morning. A guy who was sitting in there upstairs for Greg Sankey's presser, You know, presser, I say that word and everybody in a media capacity knows what the heck it is. Nobody else does. Press conference. He's talking into a microphone answering questions. A guy who was there for that, Brett Hudson. He is at Brett underscore Hudson on Twitter. He left the big room upstairs, came down the escalator, now sitting here on Radio Row. What up, Brett? The famous escalator with all the... With all the helmets on it. How many yeah. times is that going to be photoed and photographed and, and videoed over yeah. the course of this week? The You're famous escalator who every year, WJOX, Jocks in Birmingham, all those snobs, Cole Kubrick and those guys, get yeah. to sit in the first spot right by the escalator. And the only reason is because that's where the Alabama and Auburn fans are going to stand and wait for their coach to come down that's the escalator. True. That's true. Yep. All right, so Greg Sankey um, – was uh, up there earlier, talked about a lot of things. What stood out to you? I think the officiating deal was was the most newsworthy to me, and it was it was probably probably the most time consuming part of his address because he he went on a, a bunch of different uh, subjects on it. But I think the most important was the public communication piece. I mean, he did go through the the Deloitte um, uh, what's the word for that? I guess the Deloitte study, yeah, or Deloitte. The, yeah, that they uh, that they commissioned and. They got some comparison with uh, officiating bureaus, both domestically and internationally. They added more film graders who are doing some analytic work and, and things of that nature. But I thought the biggest part was the public communication piece of it, or at least that was my experience with the Mississippi State crew that I covered last year with their snafus with officiating, both in the Kentucky game and the Alabama game. It wasn't necessarily, uh, I guess, the systematic bit of SEC officiating and just the lack of public knowledge and the lack of public communication. Like I'm, I'm not going to justify the conspiracy theories more with than, than any other words after this, but I, I think it, was, it goes back more to the Kentucky bit and the pass interference calls that weren't um, called correctly and the offsides and, and etc. Uh-huh. There's a lot out there as if people seem to think that these SEC football officials are just rogue independent contractors that can do whatever they want and there isn't any accountability or, or measures in place, which is just asinine on, on the front end, right? Like who works in a workplace like that, right, where there's no accountability anywhere? That workplace most likely doesn't exist, or at right. least if it does exist, it doesn't last for long. <laughs> um, so there's they're kind of being more transparent and front-facing with with that through a Twitter account that is now live at SEC Officiating. Pray for its mentions. And then (laughs) secsports.com slash officiating. It's lightly populated right now. I'm assuming there's going to be more content from that in in the weeks and months. But I think that was the biggest part of of Greg Sankey's officiating uh, bit in his his speech was that there's just going to be more information, or at least they say there's going to be more information that's publicly available, available as a 
opposed to people having to ask people like me to screen cap different parts of sure. of the rule book and, and tweet it out. There, in theory, is going to be more transparency with how they kind of govern and and monitor their their officiating in in that regard. I thought that was the most important, just because. With our experience on on Mississippi State last year, that was something that was severely lacking, and it, and it looks like they're making or at least attempting to, to change that. Sure. On the text line, Louvier texted a little bit ago. He said, "Watch the replay of the final minutes of that LSU Texas A&M game." Yeah. And you'll understand the quote perception of a problem with officials. He said, "Horrific and not at all in control of the game or the rules." Um, that was one example, Tim texted some examples yeah lsu texas a&m debacle he's pointing to that one he said lsu won that game about three times uh, <laughs> and then a, a question here said will the sec issue an official's great uh it's it's a little bit somebody typing as they drive probably but will the sec put out a report at the end of the season um i don't know uh if we you know that's way on down the road yeah, that, that seems pretty unlikely doesn't yeah, it it does you know but it seems like brett in some capacity, communicating a little more about it during the season yes. week to week is going to happen. Yeah, I think I think there's a, a line of transparency that should happen and transparency that people expect. Yeah. Uh, I think people expect transparency with this as if it's a government institution, right, where we can send in uh, document requests and they have to honor it because we give them our tax dollars. Yeah. Therefore, they have some sort of uh, – what, what's the word? I guess li- not liability, uh, loyalty to yeah. us, right? Like they have to honor our requests because they're funded by our tax dollars. The SEC does not take our tax dollars. Right. They do not owe us anything. So they're they're granting us this transparency, us being football uh, football viewers, right? They're granting us this transparency because they know there could be a, a slippery slope here in terms of lack of knowledge of officiating and its processes kind of impacting how people view its product and how people watch yeah. its its product. So there's sure. there's a certain line of transparency that would behoove the SEC and a line of transparency that becomes unreasonable. And I think uh, uh, issuing a grade on performance at the end of the season is probably just on the wrong side mm-hmm. of that line just because we don't get that in other lines of work, right? right. Like right. nobody's uh, – nobody, none of my employers have publicly put out what they graded my performance to be sure. at the end, and I'm assuming most other people don't operate that way unless they're in federal government <laughs> yeah. or state government where they're subject to taxpayer dollars. So or if a you're a head football coach and your AD yeah. gives this real vague vote of confidence, yep. that usually is a bad sign. Yes, right? exactly. You know? <laughs> not, not, not most lines of work don't subject themselves to that, so that's probably a little bit on the opposite side, but they are starting to work closer to that line, whereas they were nowhere near that line of transparency that behooves the league, they're starting to get closer to that closer line now. Closer to it, yeah, sure. Brett Hudson on your radio. Y'all follow him on Twitter. All of our coverage, I got my hand up, so all of my coverage from Radio Row this week, all of Brett's coverage from here is being presented to you by High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany. Y'all check them out online at highpointroasters.com. You can order there, deliver it to your house in days. You can go by if you're in New Albany. Uh, they're great friends of the show and great people. Dan, the coffee man, Dan Skinner. Uh, I made a big old thermos full of uh, coffee in my French press from High Point. The New Albany blend is what I'm finishing up. So y'all hit them up and follow Dan, the coffee man, on Twitter. Got about three minutes left, Brett. Um, there's a website, secsports.com slash officiating. Yep. I love it that uh, Greg Sankey goes, 
It's not tremendously populated yet, but we're going to be getting there with the website. It better. And I said, when he said there's going to be an officiating website, I'm like, please don't put a comment section. Please don't put a comment section. But you say they've already got a Twitter feed. Yep. SEC officiating. Uh, so the mentions are already a totally <laughs> hey, complete dumpster fire. Louvier, there you go, man. At SEC officiating on Twitter. Have at it. Yeah, good luck. Enjoy that as much as you can. Lord, Lord help whoever has to check the mentions of that of that Twitter account. I, I know that ain't a job I want. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's that. That's all in their uh, their efforts to be more transparent and, and good, frankly, at, sure. at public communications, which they haven't been before this. Pat, on the text line, why won't somebody just outright ask Sankey at one of these events how he has a guy that's a lifelong Bama fan and relative of a former player officiating any Bama games? It seems like it's a straightforward question. Well, I mean, I went to Alabama, and I can cover Mississippi State versus Alabama games perfectly fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it depends on the person. You have to independently screen that yourself. You but, can't just use a blanket policy on that. Like, uh, yeah, there are a lot of Mississippi State fans that could not detach themselves emotionally from Mississippi State games. Some could right. when the paycheck forces them to. Like, yep. I, I, can, I can emotionally detach myself from Alabama games when the paycheck forces me to. I sure. do it every, every year. What I say field. is – they have so many resources. Yes. And they have the ability to, to – they can pay someone's travel, okay? So if a guy lives in the state of Alabama, to protect him. In other words – It's a lot easier that way, ain't it? What I'm saying, Brett, is it's not that I automatically distrust the f- lifelong Bama fan, and I don't distrust his integrity automatically. Oh, he can't call a Bama game because he's a Bama fan. He probably can. But – just do him a favor, yep. as well as the rest of us, and protect him from any unwarranted criticism, and just don't let him call Bama games. It's it's so much easier to do that, and it? it's it's so much easier to send the guy who lives in St. Louis and just make him go to Fayetteville, yeah, for a game. Don't don't make him go to Columbia and expose himself to sure. to that. It's a lot easier that way, and it frankly, should be done that way. But there is that other side of it. Uh, that you can't just bar the guy from doing it and, and kind of not trusting his professional right. integrity. It has to be on a case-by-case basis, which is why it goes back to those grades, right? Like if you see a big enough sample size where a guy's grade is down with a certain team and he just so happens to be from that state, you might want to change something up there. But sure. I, I think you, you make up a, a good point. You can't have a blanket policy against people officiating games from where they're from. Yeah. But you also it, – it's just easier if you avoid that situation entirely. That's what I think. Just avoid it entirely. Like if, you, if you've got knows. a guy in Huntsville, it's just so much easier to send him to Knoxville, Knoxville for a game as opposed to having him go to Tuscaloosa. It's just so much easier. I don't know why it wouldn't be done that way in the first place. I, I'm the same way. Brett Hudson on your radio. Um, music started, so yep. I'll send you back on your way. All right. Enjoy your time. Let me time. see if I can talk to Kelly Bryant. Yeah. yeah. And, and say hey to Dan Mullen later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's thrilled to yeah, see me. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure picking up what you're putting down there <laughs> all right that's brett i'm matt we're in the farm bureau studio in hoover live at sec media days hour two coming up stick around You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.